Tyler, we're now chatting robot burger flippers, which is, uh, yeah, always sounds fun when you think about it. Uh, Some robot flipping patties. Sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Maybe like the uh, ping pong playing robot that's always at CES, which is always a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) Uh, But the main reason we're bringing this up is because I want to do sort of a whether or not we should be excited about this. Um, you know, we're starting to see more future tech make its way to fast food chains, everything from touchscreen and touchless technology to IoT, and this is extending to robots and automation as well. So we're going to unpack one recent robotics development for fast food, and Tyler, we're going to give our thoughts on whether or not this is something we should be hyped about or whether or not this is uh, something we should be bummed or scared about. So... Miso Robotics and White Castle are officially announcing their partnership for a pilot program. Uh, This pilot program is supposed to bring automated robotics for cooking burgers and frying fries to the White Castle kitchen. Uh, Right now, this pilot program is for literally one location. Uh, The system is expected to be ready to go by September at one select White Castle joint. Uh, So it's not a full rollout. They're still testing this. Uh, But the goal is that if this goes well, said robot and uh, workflow would be um, sent out to all White Castle locations and might set a new standard for automated robotics in the fast food kitchen. Uh, So Miso Robotics is the creator of Flippy. Uh, Flippy's probably one of the more popular of the automated kitchen robots. They're the world's first autonomous robotic kitchen assistant actually i think they were the first ones to do it um and they use uh machine learning to refine the skills of the robot on the job so it not only can improve uh how it does its initial core tasks but can also be taught uh, new tasks within the kitchen the robot right now can work the grill or the fryer uh it can do auto tool switching and cleaning it's said to work collaboratively with kitchen staff, um, has IoT compatibility, and is cloud-based on its monitoring and its um, machine learning. So Miso Robotics and White Castle have been collaborating for a year now on this launch, working to get Flippy in the kitchen. And what they want to do is get Flippy on a ROAR, which stands for Robot on a Rail, Uh, The ROAR system basically would allow it to seamlessly shift between the burger griddle and uh, the oil fryer by just sort of uh, moving down a rack and flipping burgers, moving down the rack in the other direction, uh, dunking fries in the fryer, flipping the burgers back, pulling the fries out of the fryer. You know, pretty basic workflow. Right. Um, But they also plan on letting the robot's capabilities grow uh, if the trial run is a success. Basically, they want it to learn other steps in the fast food kitchen, including things like pressure frying, assembly, and prep as well. So, Tyler, uh, before we get into some words from uh, leadership at Miso and White Castle, what are your off-the-dome thoughts? I mean, my, my off-the-dome thoughts are that this obviously brings up the the conversation of are robots going to be taking jobs from from people who typically perform these tasks? 
And I think there's a conversation to be had there about, you know, the the benefits and the the drawbacks of something like that. And, you know, uh, I think that's a more in-depth conversation and maybe we wait to have that one uh, till later, till uh, we hear some of the comments and that sort of thing. But th- that's, I think that's immediately where my brain goes, especially as we have these conversations in a B2B context. I think it's something you have to, you have to acknowledge on some level that that's, that's going to be a major uh, talking point for this. Yeah. And that's where my head goes with this as well. Uh, you know, this technology is often seen as exciting, uh, as entertaining. Um, and I, I think the kind of the pop culture response to robots as a, uh, you know, as an exciting addition or evolution of workflows uh, is dangerous, maybe to, to, to uh, make it a little too dramatic. Uh, but I, I think it does pose a risk that you know if the general like viewing public sees these robotic shifts as ooh this is going to make my personalized consumer experience better uh or just sort of an apathy at ah that's cool like damn i you know i want a flippy in my kitchen haha lol you know and then bye uh th- that mentality i think is is allowing for these technologies to flourish without much pushback uh now do i think they all need a bunch of pushback i i don't really know for certain i think it depends on the application Uh, but in this sense what we're seeing is a robot that is made specifically for uh automating some basic steps in the kitchen uh that is known to work collaboratively with kitchen staff. So, you know, meant to be brought into a larger, um, you know, maybe restaurant level kitchen where you have a lot of professional staff that needs the assistance with basic, you know, burger flipping or frying. That robot is being brought to a scenario, which is fast food uh, uh, chains, where there really isn't a lot of kitchen staff and the kitchen staff is doing some of just these basic, you know, burger flips, um, fry dunks, and prep and assembly. So if the robot is able to do literally all of that, I think it is absolutely a fair takeaway to say, well, is this going to impact those jobs? And are they just going to disappear? You know, is White Castle going to be a front of house only staffed uh fast food chain with basically maybe like a supervisor in the back room to make sure the robots don't go haywire. Uh, Let me read you some thoughts from the two execs, and then I want to hear what your thoughts on their thoughts are, Tyler. Uh, This is how CEO and co-founder of Miso Robotics, Buck Jordan, described the current situation uh, for fast food restaurants to the publication Engadget. Uh, Quote, The industry is facing some real fundamental challenges. There's labor challenges due to self-sufficiency in kitchens. There's been a massive increase of delivery. And now, of course, shifting consumer preferences towards low-touch establishments. These are all challenges that can be solved through automation. And then White Castle Vice President Jamie Richardson said this about the potential employee effects we've been talking about. Quote, We absolutely believe by having Flippy join the team that it's actually going to free up our team to focus more on what we'd call our heart of hospitality, end quote. 
He also explained that having the robot handle the tedious grunt work of food prep will free up employees to focus on higher-level tasks like order logistics and customer service. So any initial thoughts on that? You know, I've, I've heard that argument in different places that in order to maximize efficiency and utilize your staff better, that robotics can aid in that. And that, you know, y- you end up, you know, the, the argument is always you end up doing more business because you're able to be more efficient. So you need more people in order to carry out other tasks involved. Right. So th- there are circumstances where I think that's probably that's probably accurate. Um, but because I haven't seen an example of something quite like this in this setting, I can't say whether or not I fully back that line of thinking. Um, because I, I think in, in large part, anytime you have a, a situation like this, it, it's an investment for a restaurant group like White Castle to invest in a robot like this. So that being the case, they are they are weighing the costs, right? You don't. I, I guess on some level, you don't you don't bring this in unless you think that the benefits are going to outweigh the negatives. So if your upfront cost is that negative, then you think you're saving money somewhere else. Now, are you saving money by doing more business, or are you saving money by needing less manpower? Right? Because right. at the end of the day, these are money making operations. That's what they are there to do. And if they're not making money, they're not uh, achieving their objective. They're not there to make burgers just for the happiness of the general public. You know, that's, that, that's not why they exist. They exist to make money. So somewhere throughout this, they believe that they're going to be able to make more money. And I, I just, I just don't see people lining up to get burgers simply because it was flipped by a robot instead of a person that they're going to be able to do more business in that way. And so I think it has to be the, the offset, you know, to offset the cost of purchasing these robots. I think that the, you know, what is sacrificed is the manpower of, you know, having people working in the kitchen. And so there, there is, I think, um, you know, a certain conversation to be had there around that. Yeah. And I, I think that's the exact, uh, way to unpack the future impact of uh, a a rollout of something like Flippy because the response of, you know, this robot is going to uh, free up our team to focus on the heart of hospitality. You know, when I uh, interface with fast food restaurants, you know, there are a few people that are cashiers, and then, you know, you typically see three or four people in the back uh, working on food. Those people are not, you know, customer service geniuses. They're not uh, really trained to come up and talk to and be, um, you know, be like the face of the fast food chain as you walk in. Um, you know, I, I look at a fast food chain like Chick-fil-A and say, you know, they are probably the closest to getting that kind of customer experience down where literally everyone from the back to the front of house kind of gives off the same cheery vibe. So I'm not saying it's impossible to do, but when I look at all these other fast food chains, I just am not super confident that they are going to see the situation as something where, ah, now I, I can't wait to upskill all of these employees to be hospitality 
workers now, basically. Um, right. What it feels like to me is that there are several, um, you know, low wage workers in fast food that literally just create the meals and assemble and prep them that don't interface with customers at all, all day, that are going to be let go immediately as soon as these robots are brought into the fray. Especially if the robots are, uh, you know, with with uh, Giddy Glee being described as continuing to learn from their uh, situations and expanding what they can do to include things like assembly and prep and pressure frying, um, leaving, you know, front of house staff and like a supervisor and that's it, getting rid of a lot of the workers that actually work on creating the food in the back end. So I, I think I agree with you, uh, though it is a cool piece of technology from just like an aesthetic standpoint a robot that can make food yeah from a pop culture perspective like it, it sounds neat to see a robot make food um and i could see it also being something that could be uh you know exciting at first for the consumer but if this is something that gets rolled out full scale uh across several different food chains you're not going to see a lot of excitement from the consumer anymore because it's going to become commonplace. So I don't really think it's a, you know, an, uh, an experience led decision that, ah, this is going to boost the experience of being in house because people get to interface with robots. It's got to do with workflow, operational efficiency and labor. And I would assume that, uh, you know, what is going to make this pay off is, uh, its eventual replacement of this labor, um, not a coexisting uh, relationship, especially not for a fast food joint where the workers are already paid very low wages and are, you know, to some degree considered expendable uh, based on how we've seen uh, responses to COVID-19, at least at first. I mean, I know I've seen some plexiglass, I've seen some masks, um, but, uh, you know, we we saw uh, uh, plenty of um, contaminations at uh, McDonald's locations mm -hmm. a few months ago at the height of the first wave of the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, workers basically saying we deserve hazard pay, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there, there's a lot of back and forth already between uh, management and labor uh within fast food chains and this just doesn't seem like an advancement that is benefiting that relationship in any way um if this was being rolled out at like uh gordon ramsay's uh select kitchen or something to assist with the risotto cooking then yeah maybe i could see how this is like ah that's fun and exciting and i could see how it's gonna assist the you know the tried and true chefs that you know, you go and you pay for that chef's handiwork on your food. When you go to a fast food chain, you're not paying for that chef's, uh, you know, take on on grilling the burger and frying the fries. You go for the consistency, and that means that those workers are, you know, with the introduction of this technology, probably expendable. So that is... Um, you know, I think something to be weary of, I think something to be worried about, especially in the middle of a recession and a pandemic, uh, if technology is rolling out to replace and get rid of other workers, that, you know, that's not great yeah. uh, and seems to potentially exacerbate an already existing issue within our economy and within the fast food industry. 
So yeah, any final thoughts on that, Tyler? I mean, it's 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 cool tech, but I just I I can't not see this potential negative that that might outweigh any of the cool robotic advancements or uh you know VC returns on investment that you might see from a a robot installed at White Castle. Yeah, I think the the devil's advocate position would be that this is what happens when you push for minimum wage increases is that businesses will always look for ways to get around having to employ people that they have to pay more money to all of a sudden, you know? So I think that that that's the devil's advocate position is if you push for something like this, then the business world is always going to try to find alternatives. And so without diving too deep into, you know, just general thoughts on capitalism, I think that there's a, there's a devil's advocate position there that again, these companies are there to, to make money. And so if you tell them, Hey, we're going to cut into your revenue by, uh, asking you to play, not asking, telling you you're going to pay your employees more Then okay, we're going to find ways to have fewer empo- employees that we have to pay. I'm with you there, man. I'm with you there. So yeah, th- those are my thoughts. Them's the thoughts. Them's the thoughts. And I think with that, we are good to wrap up our business casual for the day. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. Oh,